Very good morning, everyone. This is Jazz from Jazz Real Estate, and we're back with Jazz TV show. We've got Shania here again from Convincing Hub. We're going to talk about all things convincing. It's super excited, and thank you so much, everyone, for responding to our podcast previously. We are on Apple, we are on Amazon, and Spotify as well. So clients who are uh, dealing with us at the moment, they will be getting this as an email as well. Also, our clients who are on Facebook socials, they would be able to watch it online and hear it through our different platforms too. Welcome back, Shania. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me again. It's a pleasure to have you. There was so much knowledge and information last time you provided to our clients and with the public demand, we are certainly doing one more again. Yes, absolutely. Very looking forward to it. Perfect. So, Shania, tell me, how was your travel, first of all? I think you were traveling yes. last time. How yes, did you go? Yes. Where did you go? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. So, um, I headed off across to Europe for five oh, weeks. Nice. So, it was very, very beautiful. Uh, very um, well-needed break. However, very good to be back, uh, yeah. back to reality Back to so-called warm weather. It's not too cold, which is okay. We're in spring now. so Something I picked <laughs> from your conversation just before needed a break. Certainly paperwork, contracts, yeah. dealings with the, the vendors, buyers, so much on. I know you need breaks. Yes, definitely. Especially in the industry we're in, it's very hard for us to take exactly. long breaks like this. Um, but yes, very good to be back and very... Um, needing to, yes, to keep going now. <laughs> definitely. And I think you come back refreshed as well. So anyone in any industry, I think I'm, I'm a big supporter of breaks. Uh, I, I take three a year. We, we, we go within Melbourne or perhaps mm. just travel in the state for three or four days. It recharges yourself. Come back and you pretty much get into it full on because I personally believe and I'm, I'm sure you are always, mm. whenever I send you an email, you always there to respond back so quick. <laughs> Because <laughs> my emails are always open, <laughs> no <Yeah>. matter what, <laughs> um, and that's I think that's that's the communication. Yeah, you know, that that's what's key there. And I think there's there's not many points of differences um, that people should look for. Generally speaking, for me as a client, mm-hmm. some communication is quite big. Someone who's got knowledge, skills can be learned, but attitude. Yeah, exactly. You can tell from the communication how the the professional's attitude is. So, hence, you are our most preferred (laughs) conveyancer in the area and to any client as well. So, let's jump into it. Let's talk uh, more about property and conveyancing today. Let's do it. All right. Um, I think with a recent example, let's start with pool, spa, saunas Mm. and stuff. Mm. Like we have a property or we... Uh, mm-hmm. We're selling a property at the moment. Um, they've got a spa. Yes. They've got a sauna. And there were a few questions came in from um, the purchasers and their conveyances about mm-hmm. requiring permits and yep. the vendors advising that the permit's not required. Of course, we know when we do research online what's what sort of spa and sauna require permit, mm. what, what doesn't. But by looking at the spa or the sauna, sometimes you can't really figure out unless you have the measurements. And mm-hmm. But tell us a little bit more about mm. that. If someone's listening, they've got a pool, they've got a spa, they've got a sauna of a certain size mm. and they're thinking selling. Yeah, Absolutely. Look, um, I mean, if you're a vendor and, and you've, like you said, you've got a pool or spa in the property, we do have to carefully consider um, what is required to mm. disclose to the buyer. 
um, because that's the first thing they're going to yeah. look for is, is there a permit? So any mm. in any scenario, whether there is a pool or a spa, um, if I'm not wrong, depending on the measurement, there is a permit that yeah, needs okay. to be there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's important to have that information there. However, if a property is below seven years, mm-hmm. okay, we do have to disclose that okay. permit if there is there. Right. However, if it is above seven-year-old home, okay. a vendor in any situation is not, not um, obligated okay. to disclose any of their permits. Right. However, okay. it is a safe sounder to just disclose that permit no matter what right. because your buyer is going to look for it. Okay, gotcha. so they're going to look for, um, is it compliance within mm. the council? Okay. Um, is there a fence there? Yep. Okay. okay. Um, and basically, once your buyer sees that, they're quite confident that it's registered. Okay. okay. Now, if there is no permit, yes, it is a bit of a concern because um, okay. potentially a buyer will have a concern about there not being a, comp- uh, a, a permit there. Is it yep. compliant? Does the council know okay. about that pool being built? Um, is that spa removable? Okay. Um, things like that is what they look for. Right. So if it's if if there is no permit for it, uh-huh. um, as a vendor or as a buyer, should I say, right. the way to work around this is um, just negotiate with the vendor. Okay. 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 Um, there's not really any solution. The only mm. other way you could really do it is if you contact the um, vendor and you both yeah. help the situation by yeah. registering the pool exactly. or the spa. Whereas if there is no permit required, Either provide a copy of that notice uh-huh. to the buyer, say, hey, look, there's actually no permit that's required for yeah. it because of the, the measurement of the okay. spa or pool. So it, it works within communication. Yeah. And, and, and great thing, something I picked from your conversation there was disclosing or perhaps explaining to the buyer if the property is hypothetically more than seven years mm-hmm. old, then... And if a purchaser questions it, some purchasers won't, yep. and some purchasers would. Yep. Um, we'll we'll come to legalities after, mm. but I suppose legality or no legality, as a vendor and an estate agent, you've got a buyer, and you don't know how much they're prepared to pay for your home. Correct. And you might be talking to the right buyer. In my experience, sometimes the vendors do come back, and this is an advice to the vendors, that when you're selling a property, respect buyers. Mm -hmm. If a question comes in, give a detailed answer to it. Explain why. And for an example, in this case, when I asked the vendor, great example. Mm -hmm. The vendor actually copied a few snippets from the website Mm -hmm. they they installed the Mm -hmm. spa from. in terms of what the size mm-hmm. of the spy is, doesn't require a permit, for an mm-hmm. example. And, and I suppose that gives the purchasers a confidence that they're buying a property from a vendor who is actually caring Correct. as exactly. well. Yep. Gives them more confidence. Uh, otherwise, in my personal experience, and you would, of course, know mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. the next phone call they'll make is to their conveyancer and four of their friends, yep. or perhaps mum and dad. <laughs> Imagine if mum and dad gets involved. No. As we call in the industry, <laughs> a third inspection in the property yes. with mum and dad, highly likely they would you, you ready yeah. get ready for some questions. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, and I was talking to another vendor of mine. He's been a builder and we was we were talking about dad builder. If he comes in, imagine mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Um, same thing. We had an open home yesterday and there were a few pipes and wires hanging mm-hmm. out of the concrete mm-hmm. and there was um, there was a few pipes coming out of the the pillar 
one of the purchasers asks, and in, in this scenario, the vendor is always present in the at the open home, mm-hmm. and he's a builder, a retired builder himself, and he's hanging around. And, and and in this case, it's actually good to have him. In mm-hmm. some cases, we recommend the vendors to leave and let the real estate agent look after the yeah. open home. In this case, they've got so much done in the home. Yeah. And when we first met, and I myself agreed with the vendors that ideally one of you's should be here. Mm-hmm. That would certainly give buyers a confidence because we've got something unique to sell in an estate for not an average sale price. Mm-hmm. For someone to see value, we don't want people to walk in and walk out. Mm-hmm. So we want someone to be uh, looked after Correct. if the question comes in. And if you're there, you might be able to jump in and explain in details because you've done something which is not normal. In, in it's It's not abnormal. But it's something that a lot of vendors would not do. They've got everything in a home, which you normally find in a fully upgraded house, some somewhere in perhaps Sanctuary Lakes, for example. Mm-hmm. They've got this home in Featherbrook. They've done mm-hmm. everything. This question from a purchaser yesterday, what are those pipes outside? Mm-hmm. Now, you could potentially just say the electrical wires. Um, you could do the connections for anything in the mm-hmm. future. In my opinion, this wouldn't be a right answer mm-hmm. because the purchaser might then be more concerned why the wires hanging out from the mm, from the concrete? Exactly. Because if the kids are outside, yep. um, but we knew, and the vendor was standing right next to me as well. And then we explained that it, they, they were planning to put a kitchen outside as well for barbecue. Now the, the purchaser doesn't have to install anything or call the electrician. So ninety percent of the job's done. All you need to do is bring the equipments. Plugs are there. All you need to do is plug in and start using barbecue. There's water connection, hot, cold electrical connections there if you want something else to be connected it's all there that person sends me a text message half an hour later leaving the open home saying mike can you send me the contract and how do i register for the auction that's right there you go because they feel confident they're they're very well organized very well protected and look obviously having a pool of spa it's obviously going to submit an upgrade of the home it's going to increase the value a little bit exactly that's also really important being a vendor that you have your documents prepared correct you don't lose any of that definitely and and questionnaire i think phil the question is correctly yeah correct so um there's been situations where vendors um may not uh, fill in our questionnaire correctly when when we are preparing the contracts yes if you don't tell us there is a pool or spa it is a little bit of a problem because we normally conveyances will insert a condition in the contract yeah whether it's saying, you know, the purchase is liable for any discrepancies or anything Correct. like that, or please refer to the permits within the contract. So it's really important yeah. that you do provide that information to and your solicitors. Something that to, um, that you said, the conveyances would not know because mm. they haven't visited your property. Correct. We don't you know. You do a great job. So, yeah. <laughs> we don't know. And the reason why sometimes, especially with the one that yeah. example was because I actually searched it online. So I'll yeah. look at the realestate.com. Correct. That's the only way a conveyance is going to exactly. be able to find the information. Check it online. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And, and sometimes it works well. Something the conveyancer said by wow, it looks beautiful. That helps them to go up on price yeah. as well, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, so uh, uh, to 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 end the conversation on pool and spa, so guys, be careful when you are preparing the contract. Ask questions mm. at the start Correct. to your conveyancer. Understand whether you require any more permits. What could go wrong? Let's talk about that. Uh, I mean, if the the vendor has not disclosed, mm-hmm. property is under seven years old. Mm-hmm. A night before settlement, the purchaser calls up and says, I'm not buying. 
You don't disclose it. Look, yeah, look, un- unfortunately, if you don't disclose information into a contract, um, it causes an issue. Okay, okay. there's a there's a misinterpretation in your contract. Yeah. Um, look, it's not, not going to make a contract of sale necessarily the documents defective. Okay. Because it's a property issue. Okay. So the vendor has not disclosed that there is um, a pool or spa. Your buyer is right. going to try and fight that. Um, okay. And look, I, it's hard to say how it will resolve because every buyer. Um, and vendor will have different communication. There'll be yes. somewhat of a negotiation. Majority of the time will be, hang on, okay, discount it by 15 grand because that's what the right. pool is worth. And wow. You know, negotiate. So exactly. Yeah. So there's a negotiation on price um, or, okay, no worries. If you want the pool, that's yeah. fine. Um, I will um, provide you with the compliance. I'll mm. go. Like I had a client who didn't have compliance. Okay. This buyer really, really loved the property okay. and they bought the property because of the way the pool and backyard right. was set up. Okay. My vendor just said, you know what? No worries. We'll buy it. We'll actually organize yeah, okay. the compliance because we know that it's been built yeah, correctly. You were telling me about it. Yes. It's been built correctly. Yep, um, we'll yep, organize yep. the compliance certificate okay. within a few, uh, probably about one or two months. They ended up okay. getting the compliance. So it was, it was okay for the buyer. So yeah. it's just a negotiation in a sense. And, and I suppose again, um, for for clarity's sake, it comes down to asking a few questions. I'm a big on question. I'm mm. I'm a big person in terms of when I ask questions, questions, questions. If a purchaser brings this up, ask a counter question. And this is for a real estate agent. Mm. I'm saying, uh, if a real estate agent is listening to this, and if you've got a purchaser who's bringing up this issue, ask them a question. Mm-hmm. For an example, Shania says on the phone, "I didn't have it." I'll be asking a question, is it too much of a concern, Shania, for you? Mm. Because you might think, wow, or what do I do? Because the issue might not be that much. Correct. Ask a question to the purchaser. Um, How does this mean for you for tomorrow's settlement? A majority of the time when a buyer looks into a property at the first initiation, when you see a pool, you're not going to not want the pool. If you don't exactly. want the pool, you're not going to go for the property because exactly. the pool cannot be removed. Yeah. Whereas in a spa, a spa is movable. Yeah. So there are some spas that are built Correct. into the ground and some spas that are just yeah. above the ground. So the spa probably is a negotiation, whereas a pool, yeah. it's not really removable. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we go through funny conversations yes. sometimes. <laughs> um, when a purchaser wants the home, they put in an offer, 40 grand less, right? Mm. And they say, oh, we don't need the pool. We have to do fill the, um, the pool up and we need mm. a backyard. And uh, I say to the purchasers, guess what? Uh, you increase 40 grand, I'll <laughs> I'll put the mud. In yeah. The, we'll get the vendors <laughs> to fill it in for you. We'll make a garden in the back. Oh, no, no, no. We'll do it ourselves. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and in this case as well, for the mm. property I was talking about for sauna and spa, mm. another purchaser, and by the way, the campaign's going mm-hmm. pretty well mm-hmm. since we've changed your auction. Yeah. Um, the... The per- one of the other purchasers said, oh, look, if you don't want pool and spa, would there be a discount on the property price? I said, look, it's an auction. You can you know, raise your hands at a certain mm. price where you see value. Mm. I said, but just to confirm, mm-hmm. again, question, mm-hmm. just to confirm if you are the successful bidder, I'll make a note on the contract mm. that you don't want pool and spa. We'll right. remove it. Oh, no, but might as well just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> right? So... Ask questions. Yes. And I think just lastly, what you touched on, whether it's auction or private sales. So when we are selling with an auction, if you don't have a permit, 
it's okay because you're yeah, selling okay. it auction As wise. It is, yeah, okay, gotcha. so we just put a condition in the contract that the purchaser is liable for any, yeah. you know, non non obligations and things like that. Yeah, okay. However, when it's a private sale, that's when it becomes a little bit more yeah, tricky. Okay. So I guess buyers or seller, sorry, sellers, if you are selling and you're going to auction, probably yeah. not too much of a concern. However, you could potentially also lose yeah. bidders if you don't have those permits there. So it just Correct, depends. Correct. Yeah. I mean, yeah. both have got pros and cons Correct. because since we've changed the auction. This property was a private sale for a week and a half at the mm. starting. This purchaser would have put in a lot of conditions in the contract. Mm. And I, I, if this purchaser is um, still around, I suppose they would be attending because they still love the home. Mm -hmm. But it actually worked well for the vendor. Mm. We've got a few more parties mm -hmm. now yep. interested in the home. So, I, And again, it just comes down to method of sale. That's a separate conversation altogether, which comes mm. down to real estate advice. But today we're talking about convincing. Yep. So the next podcast we'll be doing with Steve Jazz and they will be talking about uh, our life experiences. It won't be real estate, but then the, the one after we'll talk about um, around real estate. Yeah. But coming back to the uh, convincing questions, some, tell us something more about what a vendor or the purchasers should be more careful of. Look, I think over past experience, what I have seen, for example, if I talk on the purchaser's side, also mm. relates to a vendor as well. Yep. I had an example of a client really interested into a property. We were okay. looking at above eight to 900,000 for okay. the property. What this vendor had done was built a massive workshop at the back of the property. Nice. Okay. With um, a, a leading garage in it. Okay. First question I asked this um, purchaser was, is there a permit? Right. He said, I don't know. I said, mm. well, this is a big problem. Um, because considering how large that dwelling yeah, okay. is, it was not there originally as part of the yeah. dwelling. So, and it was an older home as well. Okay. Um, so I said to him, look, you need to ask the vendor if there is a permit. Right. Um, You're talking about the the outdoor big sheds correct, for the workshop. Correct, yeah. So workshops, made, garages, yeah, okay. to anything that's not basically being built at the same time as the property. If I interrupt you there, yeah. that means, again, uh, it's, it's also electrician's answer, mm. but... For big sheds like that, you need to have three-phase power. Well, that's the thing. That it, it would depend. So it depends how it's being built. If you've, yeah. if you've actually got someone to come out, a.k.a. electrician, yeah. um, you know, an actual person to yeah. come out and build it correctly, um, that's why we would like to see okay. the permit to make sure that the correct it's tradesmen done, have come out and yeah. done it and, and it's all compliant. Um, buyers, if you are buying a property in the situation, however, there are no permits there, yeah. yes, it is a risk for you to okay. undertake. However... What is really good is um, conveyances have an opportunity to seek out title insurance okay. for you. Um, okay. And basically what title insurance does is they are a, a company that there's many people for title insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We use a company called Stuart Title. Yep. Um, and basically what they do is they will insure you over the property. So the okay. entire property um, for the lifetime that you own it. Okay. So you pay a small premium at settlement. Okay. Okay. Providing the excess is not above $1 million okay. um, when you get reported. Um, for example, if the council say, hey, that's an illegal structure, you've got to knock it down. Providing it's not going to cost a okay. million, I don't think it would. But yeah. <laughs> If it if it ever gets to that point, um, Stuart Title will completely pay for the whole repairs. Um, they will cover all wow. costs. So that's a really good opportunity yeah. for the buyers. So majority of these conveyances out there will have this yeah, title okay. insurance available. And we'll talk about title insurance yeah. after. This leads yeah. to your next topic yeah. because um, I've heard something which I'll discuss in, yeah. in, in, in details very shortly. But so how did you manage... And how did you handle this issue with the, yeah, with the look, shed? The, the first the first situation was we asked for the conveyances in writing, whether okay. they had a permit there. Okay. Um, basically, they came back saying that there was no permit available. Okay. Right. But they did mention that the vendor 
um, was a tradesman himself. Yikes. Okay. So again, it leaves a bit of an uncertainty for the buyer. Yeah. Is he an actual qualified tradesman? Is he not? Yep. However, when my buyer went to the property and looked at it, he did say that it looked quite built very well. Okay. You could see that, you know, there was a lot of structure there. Okay. Um, it was built very nicely. Yeah, okay. And at the end of the day, it's up to the purchaser whether they Correct. want to take that um, risk yeah, or risk not. not. Yeah. I mean, if you're sitting on a property, you know, that's been there for, you know, over 20 years, mm. what's the likelihood of someone, you yeah. know, reporting? But you could get a new neighbour. They say, hang on, your shed's higher than my fence line. Yeah. You're blocking my sun. You're blocking yeah. my view. Um, and they could just report you to the council. So, again, it's, exactly. it's a bit of a risk, but that's why the title Seen insurance is there. Seen well. Yeah. yeah. You talk about big shed. I've I've seen even small pergolas being reported. Yep, absolutely, verandas. <laughs> um, obviously, with sometimes an alfresco is yeah. built within the property, which is okay. Yes. So if it's been built with the property, there's no need for a Correct. permit. Correct. Exactly. Um, however, they any additional structures yeah. you would need you those would permits. Need it, yeah, for sure. Yep. And, and, and let, let's talk about title insurance mm. now. Yeah. Um, I suppose title insurance covers that. Mm-hmm. If you can please explain that in detail. Mm-hmm. Then the second thing is. Uh, um, anyone trying to sell the property and their nose mm. is protected as well under title insurance. Am I right? So what actually happens is they get an application. Uh-huh. Okay, so when a buyer submits, so we actually submit the application uh-huh. on behalf of the buyer. Uh-huh. They will actually investigate the property. So on that application, they will ask us: Has the vendor disclosed any concerns? Okay. Any notices? Are there okay. any obligations? Okay. Things like that. So if title insurance see that there is already a, um, say for example, a permit that's been raised by the okay. council that it's insufficient yep. or it's not yet complied against, okay. most likely title insurance is not going to give you the insurance for that. Right. So title insurance gotcha. do investigate properly okay. um, and they will be there. Now, when you do sell, uh, okay. they will be notified okay. um, of the sale because the title then transfers. So they'll be notified. Uh, so the... Yeah. So it doesn't pass on to the new buyers. New no, right, no. So right, it's right. only for that specific client. Once they sell, okay. there's no longer insurance there. There was a news from Canada, mm. again, not mm-hmm. in Australia. There mm-hmm. was a news from Canada where uh, someone, uh, again, yep. uh, it was someone's podcast I heard mm-hmm. that... Someone sold someone's property, mm. right, and did all the signatures mm. and because uh, the owners were living overseas mm. and they sold the property, the purchasers moved in, the actual owners got to know a year after. Oh, wow. And basically um, they were promoting title insurance at that time. Mm. Does title insurance help uh, a, a homeowner? under these sort of situations? Uh, look, not really. Title insurance is just there for the structure, I guess. Okay. Things like that potentially may not happen where we are. I think okay. there, another one was something that happened in the Gold Coast or Queensland about okay. that title um, contract issue that they settled a property a year ago and right. the vendor came back saying, hang on, you don't actually own that property after a year. So they had paid, I think it was over a million. Um, so it happened in Queensland and it's, it's very, okay. very hard to understand how that happens. Okay. Potentially that all has happened pre-PEXA. So right. because we're now electronic, it's probably a little bit hard to do that. Gotcha. Um, and if you're taking the correct compliance, so if I'm IDing you as a vendor, yep. you're not present in the, in the country, yeah. I know that. Therefore, right. it's my duty to not gotcha. physically settle because you're not uh-huh. there, if that makes sense. So how do you normally yep. ID check a person living in Singapore, for yep. example? So look, they can live, that you could be anywhere in the world. Yep. Um, the good thing is that everything's electronic. So we submit yes. an ID check electronically. It will okay. go out as security to their email. Okay. They will get a text message for a code to log in. Okay. okay. So no one can, no one else can access. Right. Um, on this application, they will have to video themselves saying okay. a code. 
So with them videoing ah. themselves, you know it's that person. Right. Whereas if there's no video, anyone could just take photos of your IDs, yeah. sign it and go through. Uh-huh. Um, but with this specific ID check that we use, right. it's all coded. So Because with I was videos. thinking that yeah. there was one scenario where yeah. one of my vendors from Indonesia mm. They had to go to the, I think, M- M- Indonesian yes, embassy as correct. well? correct. So I had one scenario just recently where okay. my clients had invalid IDs. So he okay. used to live in Australia. Okay. He then moved to Canada. Okay. However, all of his um, IDs had expired, so he had ah, no active driver's licence. Really? Um, yes. So it was very odd how this man was living without any active IDs. However, what he had to do was go to the embassy in okay. his country. Um, they will basically submit an ID check right. um, and then they will issue that form across to us. So that once we receive that, that's sufficient for us to right. proceed. How long does yep. this process take? It's when a very long process. When it? you're dealing with an embassy, it's a long process. You're talking about months or you're talking about Potentially, weeks? potentially. Wow. I think it took him um, from Canada, it took him about a month and a half to actually organise. So it's important to wow. – the first thing as a conveyance we're going to do is we're going to ID them. So okay. if it's at the start of the transaction, it's yeah. kind of okay. Easy, but if you're yeah. leaving it to the last minute, potentially yeah, it's a wow. bit of a problem. So so ideally, when do you normally ID check a client from overseas uh, as a conveyancer? Would it be, mm. say, um, like straight after, straight yep. when you prepare the contracts or yep. close to settlement yep. or once the property's under Look, offer? Look, you should be IDing, whether they're overseas or not, you should be IDing a client the moment that they sign your authority. Okay. So um, any works that conducted, unless yeah. we're an authority, we can't do anything. So yep, in a yep, sense, yep. we're for... For, for vendors, yep. before we even do a contract, they're going to get ID'd. Gotcha. We need to make sure that the like the actual physical owner on title the property, yeah. is correctly presenting who yep, they yep, say yep, they yep. are um, and we work accordingly from uh-huh. there. Yep. Wow. Mm. So many things go on. <laughs> Sometimes yes. in a busy life you just sort of over oversee these things. You, yeah, it? you hear these yeah. stories and sometimes you just think – how has this happened? Yeah. Obviously, there's been something that's gone wrong either Correct. under the table or someone's miscompliance. It's wow. very, very hard for these things to happen. So wow. when it does, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, tell us more. What else we talk about today? Um, look, I think I think the another good topic to discuss is for a vendor – um, for a Section 27. I think yes. that's very, very popular nowadays with a lot Correct. of properties. Um, they potentially are selling and buying at the same yeah. time as they want their deposit. So Correct. vendors, Section 27, what does that mean? It's called an early deposit release. Yes. Okay. So when your buyers pay a deposit, they will be paying a deposit to the real estate at the time of the transaction. Yep. Real estate normally will hold that until after settlement and then mm-hmm. release that across to the vendor. Yep. We are the only state that allow a Section 27, uh-huh. okay? So that's a positive for Victoria, I say. Nice. <laughs> um, so as a vendor, you have an opportunity to access your deposit earlier mm-hmm. than right. the due settlement date. Okay. This may mean you might want to pay off a debt through your settlement or right. you might want to pay for another property, yep. whatever it may be. There doesn't have to be any physical reason disclosed why you want gotcha. your deposit. But there are a set of criterias in order for a purchaser to allow the mm-hmm. release, okay? okay? So I won't go too much in detail. Um, however, basically what it is, as long as you're not in default of your mortgage, yeah. you've paid off no less than 80% of gotcha. your mortgage of the value price that yep. you've sold it for. Um, not in default. There's no caveats. Yep. Um, and the bank allow you to release it, yep. then you can release it, okay? So okay. the form then gets signed. However, yep. as a buyer they have the opportunity to look over those details, okay? Gotcha. So as a buyer, you've got 28 days legally okay. to look over the details. Yep. If you consent to it, then yes, it can be released. Okay. But as a buyer, you cannot object to a Section 27 if the criteria is correct. Uh-huh. So, so tell me one thing, Chanaya, please. Thank mm, you so much for mm, bringing this up because mm, that leads me to another good question mm-hmm. because it's relevant right mm, now. Mm. 
and it will be relevant to a lot of vendors. Mm-hmm. I'm going to an auction mm-hmm. in two weeks' time. Yep. Um, I've signed Section 27 already as a vendor, mm-hmm. and I instruct my real estate agent. Mm-hmm. And when the property sells and says, must sell, I am selling. As soon as the property sells, I need the Section 27 signed as well. Mm. As a buyer's convincer, What's your take on that? Look, as a buyer's conveyancer, we don't normally have, it's not a risk for a buyer to have a deposit released in a okay. sense because there is the criteria to be okay. followed. Okay. Because it's so, not an auction anyways. They, they bought the property, they lose a the deposit correct, irrespective Yeah, yeah correct. Because yeah. either way, as a buyer, your deposit's going to be held, whether it's held with the agent or yeah. whether the vendor's got it, you're still locked into the contract and you still have to proceed. Correct. Okay. Um, so as a buyer, it's not a huge, huge concern. First-term buyers tend to have a bit of a concern because they're worried yeah. that, hang on, my deposit of 50000 is yeah. going to a vendor. What if they don't settle? Correct. Obviously, if they're not going to settle, that's when it starts to become a legal action. Yeah. However, majority of the time when they want it and they want that deposit yeah. and the bank's consented to it as well, um, then they need it for something else. So yeah, vendors gotcha. normally don't release it just because they want the money yeah, early. Exactly. It's because either they've got to they pay off the, the debt or yeah. they're buying another property. Now, mm. because the thing is that even if it's sitting with a real estate agent, mm. You can't get it back that easy either. Correct, correct. Because yeah. the real estate agents would need a consent from the vendor's conveyancer mm. and the purchaser's conveyancer, mm. depending on, again, if mm. it goes legal or not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before we release the deposit as well. Yeah. So it's yeah, it, it's still considerably safer sitting at the state agent's trust It account. is, yeah, of course. Because yeah. if something goes wrong, obviously they're yeah. the middle party, they're the correct. stakeholder of the deposit. Yeah. Um, so obviously it's still a little bit of a of a – more security to be had with the agent. There are some scenarios where the agent, we ask the agent to release it by what we call a section 104. So a section 104 basically is, for example, a vendor has, if they've got a bank, they've got to pay off a loan. They've got a higher payout figure than their balance purchase price. Okay. Okay. And they don't have enough equity to pay off the mortgage. So Uh what we do is we ask the agent to release the deposit Uh to our trust account and we hold it as a stakeholder and take it to settlement. So that's very different from a 27. Still, yep. we need the purchaser's consent. Yep, yep, um, yep. Normally, the time purchaser will not decline because then we can't settle without it. Yeah, gotcha. That normally happens with a payout or if the um, you've got more than a 20% deposit held, sometimes uh-huh. that happens as well. So, so that the, right, 20, right, right, the right, Section right. 104 and the 27 is yeah. very different. Because we did one for recently as well for one in Yes, Berby. we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. because they, I think they paid a higher deposit so there wasn't yes. enough balance. Yep. Um, so, it's yeah, we had to get that released in order exactly. to settle. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Perfect. Thank you so much. Anything you want to talk about? It? Um, Shall we discuss look, anything I think, else today? Yeah, I, I think um, it's it's important to understand what rights a buyer and a seller has oh. um, in contract perspective. Yeah. So anyone who is selling, obviously, I think we touched on this in, last, yep. in the first episode, was um, to disclose all the information Correct. correctly. As a buyer, it's so important to have your documents reviewed before you 100%. sign. I cannot express how much, and p- people still get it so yeah. wrong. <laughs> oh, um, but they ha- don't have their documents reviewed. As a buyer, you're not as protected as what a vendor is. Signing Correct. a contract, it's protecting vendor, not you. Exactly. So, vendor's got something wrong with the property, they're going to make yeah. sure a special condition in that contract protecting Correct. them. So, as a buyer, we should always make sure that we are looking um, mm. over a contract, so engaging a conveyancer. Yeah. And especially to the buyers who. And mm. I'm telling someone mm. <laughs> for an upcoming auction, mm. this purchaser does that. And, mm. and I always advise him. Yeah. Um, he loves the property. Mm-hmm. He will go silent a week before the auction. Mm. And he turns up at the auction, starts bidding. 
last few times he's missed out, mm. he never gets a contract read or asked the contract because his thinking, and he's told me that, mm-hmm. is if I reach out to the estate agent, ask for the contract, get it reviewed, mm. ask any questions, mm-hmm. the agent would know that I'm interested. He mm. prefers to rock up on the day. Okay. Try. It's a bit of an un- un- uncertainty for him, though, if, yeah. he, if he's doing that. It's a bit of a risk. Exactly. Um, if he's doing that. But, yeah, look, I'll give you an example. I just had a recent client sign a contract. Um, they signed it. He didn't expect the offer to get approved within yeah. the same day. So he thought, oh, I'll just make the offer, then I'll send it off across to my yeah. conveyance. I'm still within the cooling-off period. That's still okay. You've got your cooling-off period. Yes. However, when we reviewed this contract, there were significant issues. Um, um, okay. Volume folio numbers were incorrect. Documents wow. missing from the contract, um, and by the time we had reviewed it, it was obviously late in the afternoon. The vendor had signed, and right. somehow the vendor's signatures dates were before the buyer's dates, so uh, it was very, very mixed. I'm not sure um, what happened through the communication, but I said to my gotcha. client, I said, "Look, if you had it reviewed, you wouldn't have signed it. We wouldn't yeah. be in this situation. We'll now have to rectify. It's extra work for the conveyance. It's also Correct. extra work for the client, yeah. and it stresses the agent out as well. 100%. As an agent, you rely on your vendor's yes. conveyance to provide the correct information. Correct. If you're not, it's not only looking bad on the vendor, it's also looking bad on the agent because the buyer's going to say, hang on, Jazz, you made me sign the contract. If you knew it was like this, why did you make me do it? Exactly. So, it, yeah. it, you know, so buyers always wow. get your contracts reviewed. It's really, really important. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 much imperfection on the contract and yeah. and I think having the that leads to me another question mm. let's extend a little mm. bit more mm. so you said vendor had signed the contract before the purchaser mm. still doable if the vendor offers a property signing that I'll sell mm. the property to you at that price mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the purchaser thinks for two days and signs two days after is it still okay Look, basically what happens is normally you're going to have your, the vendor's going to sign the vendor statement first because obviously you need to agree with the information provided contained in that. So of course, vendor statement is okay. Um, When you're offering, obviously buyer's going to offer, sign the offer. Now, normally that offer, if it's not accepted within three days, it automatically expires. Correct. Obviously, if there's a counter offer. Yeah. Um, then you're going to counteroffer. But how the buyer yep. signs the counter, uh, sorry, how the vendor signs the counteroffer before the the buyer yeah, doesn't yeah. make sense. Right. Does it make sense? So in this in this situation, what actually happened? Both contract of sale signing and vendor statement signing was back to front. So immediately, okay. once the dates in the vendor statement are back to front, it actually makes it defective. Gotcha. This contract was not not it was void. Uh-huh. It was non non binding right. because the vendor should always be signing bef- the vendor statement, not the contract. Yes. The vendor statement before the, the buyer. Signs, so if yeah. it's back to front, it automatically makes yes. it um, defective. So yeah. so say for an example, on first of August, yep. I as a vendor mm. signed a contract. Mm. And I actually told my sales agent, go and give this contract to the buyer. Mm. Say, if you accept this price, I'll sell the property. And the purchaser signs on 4th of August. Mm. And it's statement signed three days before, mm. which is still fine. Mm-hmm. Vendor statement, you mean? Yeah. Yep, 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 that's, yep. Not, that's signed mm-hmm. three days before the purchaser accepts mm-hmm. the offer, which mm-hmm. is still that's compliant. Okay. Yep. But the contract is also signed three days before because I, as a vendor, for an example, mm. presented an offer to the purchaser. And the purchase that mm. took time, opposite. Yeah, yeah. Normally, if a buyer signs the contract and then they go to the vendor, the vendor get it accepted. Yeah. yeah, correct. 
Look, in a sense where the problem we have here is the day of sale. So how would we take the day of sale? Normally we take a day of sale from when the vendor signs it because they're accepting that offer and initiating that sale. Whereas if it's back to front, whether we take the day of sale from the buyer or seller, we'd probably have to seek communication from either party. I think it would still be okay. Um, It's not like it would make it void, providing all parties here. In the scenario that I gave you before, they had signed via DocuSign. Right. And there was no certificate attached. So how the dates were mixed up, we were unaware. Yeah, so we actually right. asked for the certificate of signing. Okay. Um, so I guess if it's done via yeah. paper and it's mutually agreed, it's okay. Yeah. How we'd take the day of sale, I actually don't know how we would take the day of sale, whether we take it from the buyer First or the seller. Or said, I'd yeah. probably say that we'd take it from the buyer yeah. um, because that was the latest date that it was Correct. signed. So they accepted the offer. Yeah. Is it is it very common, Jazz, that, that vendors not do that? Really, not really. Not yeah. really. Yeah. It does happen when the vendors, in my personal opinion, with all due respect, um, think that they've sold a lot of properties mm. and this is Correct. how they feel they should be do done. It. Yep. Yep. Uh, or they feel they want to be in control mm. and they are the ones who are controlling the price. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but generally speaking, if um, no matter how many times you've sold a property, uh, a lot of different scenarios can occur. So my advice to every vendor would be, Listen to your professionals and trust your professionals if you've hired mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. Um, because there could be different situations because as an estate agent, um, you might have sold as a seller a lot of properties, but you don't know what sort of personality this new buyer Correct. you're selling or dealing Correct. with has. Yep. This purchaser might like your property a lot and you might be on um, on a different tangent altogether thinking that this purchase, this person would not do anything wrong during the during the sale mm, process, mm. but you don't know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't judge if that purchaser has also bought and sold a lot of properties Correct. as well. Correct. So but my personal opinion, go by what's the right process and the right structure yeah. is. I, I think, look, and sometimes I have um, vendors coming to me saying, I do you think I sold the property for the right price? Mm. And I say to them, do you trust your agent? They say yes. Yeah. So why are you asking that question? As an agent, yeah. they're going to get you the best, best value possible as price. possible. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, as an agent, you're dealing with both seller and yes. buyer. So you're Correct. more of your understanding on an emotional yes. level. Exactly. You understand the vendor and the buyer yeah. emotionally, whereas with the conveyance, we're only acting for one side. So we don't know mm. what the feeling of the vendor or what yeah. the feeling of the buyer is. So it's hard for us to say, okay, this is correct or this should have been done differently. Yeah. What was the buyer? Are the buyers correct. renting, selling? You know, we don't know the situation. So it's. It, 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 if I understand my mental behavior, mm. for an example, like I read a lot of books on, um, on consumer behaviors, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if I could gather this together, in my and I'm not the mind reader, mm-hmm. but again at the same time, dealing with so many people and reading a lot, a um, lot of books around human behavior and psychology is, if a person's asking a third party that question, there's two things. They're saying, "Should I really wanted to sell? Thank God I've sold it, but have I made the right decision? I'm not even sure. I'm mm-hmm. myself indecisive. Mm-hmm. It's." Could potentially be to do with the, the real estate agent's trust level, correct? To a certain level, mm-hmm. um, or perhaps would be a lot. If it's a trust issue, then the ag- vendors will do two things: one, they would chain the agent; mm-hmm. second, they would potentially try to negotiate hard, depending on the situation they are in mm. while selling a mm-hmm, property. Mm-hmm. They may not tell the agent 
about the the financial, personal, or mental situation regarding the the sale or what mindset they are going through while selling the property? Because there's so many things. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. psycholo- psychological, financial mm-hmm. uh, commitments, purchase mm-hmm. uh, somewhere. There's so many different scenarios, and we don't need to know it if you don't want to tell. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the real estate agents, the smart ones, would pick, mm-hmm. would get, would gather. Yeah. And 95.5% mm-hmm. data suggests that estate agents work in their vendor's interest. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are a few out there. Yeah. But again, at the same time, that's where your due diligence comes in. Mm-hmm. Where you shop your real estate agent a year before, mm-hmm. not a week before choosing an estate mm-hmm. agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And and sometimes what happens is, and I've, I've seen it many, many times, yeah. is you sell a property, it goes unconditional, mm. and then two doors down, another property sells for higher than what your house has gone. And they say, yeah. well, how does that happen? Oh, yeah. My house has sold. And then they come back to the agent and say, well, how did this house sell yeah. for, you know, 20, 30,000 more than what mine Correct. has? And, you know, so these things do happen. And, and I, I say to the guys at, within our firm, I say, yeah. look, um, yes, we're here to do a business transaction. Correct. Okay, it's our job to transact. Yes. However, it's about also... Um, being friends with our yes. clients. A lot of my clients um, after settlements, you know, they may add me on yeah. Facebook and we're still yeah. in contact. Correct. And, you know, they know a lot about my life. I know mm. a lot about their life. When we start transacting more on an emotional level, yes. as a buyer or a seller, they're going to um, be more heart rated to Correct. us. So if they have a bit of a concern saying, hey, Jazz, you know, do you think we've got the right price? Mm. And you said, yes, I honestly do think. If you're their friend, they're going to say, you know what? Yeah, he's working in the best interest Correct. of me. And I think that's where real estate agent's job comes in, mm. to build trust. Correct. It's As an estate agent, if uh, this message is for the estate agent or if an, if an agent is listening, don't expect the vendor to choose you because they trust you. Because yesterday, <laughs> 7 News Melbourne, did you see their post? 7 no. News Melbourne had... Uh, a survey or a survey was mm. done by someone. Mm. The the most trusted industry, top five was nurses, paramedics, yep. pharmacists, doctors, yep. and least trusted. What's real? Guys, we've, <laughs> but we are the number one. <laughs> Number one? Number no? one, oh, least trusted. Least trusted. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Not, not trusted. I mean, least trusted. Yeah. Nah, so, but why? Because people have interpreted. And look, there are people within our industry. Some people as agents or yeah. even conveyances. Sometimes they do ruin that for us within the industry because they, yeah. you know, rip off the client or they're not working in the best interest of the client. Correct. So it preempts an, 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 um, a conception of what Correct. we do. Yeah. Exactly. So sometimes they say, oh, agents drive nice cars and da 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 But they have that, that. They have that feeling, you know. And, and one thing I personally feel mm. as well, you're absolutely right. A few other things that I actually mm. observe um, and when people talk mm. as well uh, in, in a community, it's also about the the persona or the mm. perception about Correct. the real estate agent is yep. that it's all about commission. It's all about commission yep. for you don't know until you know the person. Mm. Like I get phone calls, like we had six auctions mm-hmm. in, in Rockbank. Mm. I had phone calls from the buyers coming mm. in. Mate, can we can we buy before? We will look after you. Mm. Um, we won't let you go unhappy. Mm-hmm. And these are the things turn me off personally. Mm-hmm. If you're a buyer telling me, uh, and how would you expect me to represent you if I'm your agent in the future and you're a seller? Mm. Right? Correct. And I say to my purchasers that when they say that, of course, I try to bite my tongue mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. simply suggest them to attend the open home or auction. And I say to them, put that in towards your offer, mm. the money you're offering me. Mm-hmm. 
So there's no favors here. Exactly. At the end of the day, I will favor you in terms of customer service. Yes, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll look after you. We'll yep. be courteous. We'll make yep. sure the process is seamless mm-hmm. from the customer level, customer mm-hmm. service element point of view. But I'm representing a vendor, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And if you really need that negotiation power, rather than offering me that money, why don't you hire a buyer's agent? Correct. Exactly. Right. Buyer's agent. I think that's very, it's very faded out at the moment. We don't yeah. hear much from buyer's agents. Correct. I remember when I started conveyancing, it was very, very popular, yeah. buyer's agent. Yeah. Now they're, they are still out there, but we don't hear much from yes. buyer's agents. Um, but yeah, it, it seems though. I think that we, we need more buyer's mm. agents because that certainly takes a lot of uh, questions and doubts out of the mind. Correct. Uh, coming back to the vendors, and I think... Um, as I was saying, for the real estate agents, mm. they can't expect the vendor to trust them no. automatically just because mm. you think you're trustworthy and perhaps yeah, they've hired you mm-hmm. to represent mm-hmm. them. I think communication, frequency builds yep. trust. Yep. If you are an agent and you sign the agency authority and you come back and you listed the property and doing open homes and your vendors are not hearing from you, mm. one, they'll start, people would have questions. It's a nervous time for a vendor. Yep. For for a vendor, you need to be able to soothe them through the process. You need to calm them down. You need to be there. You need to make them feel. It's just yep. like you in, in a married relationship. Yep. If you if you woke up in the morning, you go to the office, you come back, you have dinner, you don't talk to your partner. Mm. What would your partner think? Correct. That you're not interested, mm-hmm. or perhaps that that love that that affection is not there. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the vendors. You are in a short-term relationship, but which can become a long-term relationship mm-hmm. for the future. As a vendor, your vendor should ideally be hearing from you, if not daily, but at least twice or three times a week mm-hmm. on what's happening, what are you doing for them. Mm-hmm. Open homes, be there yourself, mm-hmm. ideally. And sometimes the vendor asks me a question, Jazz, um, you're listing the property, or they ask this question to a lot of agents as well. Who would be at the open home? Mm. In in my case, I always say to my vendors, it'll be myself mm-hmm. because I want to scan the buyer straight away. Mm-hmm. I want to feel the buyer. I want to know mm-hmm. beforehand, not just sitting on the table. Mm-hmm. So trust is built. Mm-hmm. And as an agent, you've got so short time. Yeah. Unless you know the person or they know you from Correct. before. Yeah. Like most of my vendors mm-hmm. and my, my clients know me from many years mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I believe in nurturing and Correct. delayed gratification. Yep. I keep in touch with people. I had an um, I had a phone call. I do a lot of prospecting, right? Mm-hmm. I, I speak to people. I keep in touch with them even mm. though they're not selling. Mm. I believe in providing value in mm-hmm. terms of what's happening in the mm-hmm. market. My, my half of the day in the morning is calling the buyers, calling the vendors and speaking to people. And when the time comes, I list properties uncontested mm. as well. Because I've built that trust mm-hmm. in the last four or five years. The one we were talking about, Sona and Spa, yep. Yep. I first got in touch with them in 2016. Wow. I've been in touch four or five times a yeah. year yeah. with Ross. Every single year, three or four times we'll yeah. catch up. He comes here in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. We sit down together, have a cup mm-hmm. of tea, for an example. Mm-hmm. And when the time came, he called me, said, I'm coming down to Melbourne. Uh, bring your ma- ma- um, agency authority. Yeah. We're selling. There you go. And sat down. Three hours I was sitting with him talking about life. And right at the end, 10 minutes, we listed the property. 10 minutes to list a property, mm. two and a half hours, we were just talking. Mm, that's right? it. That's a relationship. They say that your clients should be your best friends. Exactly. After the transaction, they yeah. should be your friend. Exactly. If um, not before. If not before. If exactly. not before. So either before, after or during. Correct. You want everyone, you want you want them to be a friend. That's the exactly. smoothest and most best yeah. way to do a transaction, 100%. I feel. 100%. Yeah. So the, the, 
the conversation is all about trust, be it mm. conveyances, be it um, um, estate agent, mm. certainly. And that, that was a really great um, conversation that we had mm. just before. So just yeah. uh, because for me, it's about keeping in touch with the vendors. Yep. And for the vendors, it's about trusting. So same thing. I can't expect a vendor. So I won't say the vendor should trust an, a- an agent. Yeah, it's all about the the individual. If yeah, it's all about the agent. If the you feel. feel it, that's right. You got to you got to feel your agent. Yeah. I think what's really nice as well is there are agents out there as well. Mm. For example, you've got buyers coming to the property; they miss out on a property, but you're still with that yeah. buyer and you help them say, "Hey, look, I've actually got another two open homes. Mm. Do you want to come across there?" Um, and I've seen that it's starting to happen a lot now yeah. with agents, and I think it's really really nice because Correct. you've everyone's got this perception that the agent's only there to act for the vendor. Yes. Correct. Legally wise, they're acting yeah. for the vendor but they're also willing to help the buyer exactly. buy their property as well so you're exactly. helping both buyer and seller which i think is probably what needs to happen exactly. a lot more and it's really really nice and i think that's that's a sign of a smart operator yep uh, a smart professional and specialist and operator i should say because that person is not transactional mm. that one transaction finished i'll start another open home see if this person turns up mm. so what this person is doing uh, if an agent is proactively doing it it's good for a vendor. It's good for the purchaser. And what happens is if I sell a property, I would make sure I'll reach out to all the vendors around who own similar property mm-hmm. and ask them a question. Our job is matchmaking, mm, not for marriages, but for properties, <laughs> right? Property matchmaking. Property matchmaking. <laughs> because if I've sold a property which is on a 600 block, single story, in a school zone where buyers are looking for We've got technology. We can shortlist if there's another 121 properties in the vicinity in two kilometers. Mm. There's different ways to reach out to those 120 vendors. Ask them, there's underbidders. What you're trying to do is you're trying to help the purchaser at the same time trying to help the vendor who's potentially thinking selling as well. And you're making that person's transaction. They've missed out because what they say is if you leave it for too long, the purchaser will jump back on realestate.com. They'll start thinking on a different tangent or uh, different frequency. That purchaser has missed out. Ideally, this process, when you know you're about to sell the property, a week before you need to start finding another property for, because if you're a smart agent, you get a feel that which buyer is going to miss out. Correct, exactly. You know it. Mm-hmm. There's no way you'd say, oh, I'm so sorry, I just didn't realize the vendor would take the other offer. Mm. An agent would 95% know mm-hmm. that this person is not moving up, my other buyer is coming up, and where this would potentially end. Mm, correct. Right? Yeah. And then you're taking that purchaser straight away to the other property, and high chances that purchaser, because of missed out, mm. would pay a fair price for the next one. There you go. Highly likely. Yeah. So Sorry. I think it's it's a two-way stream, I think, within exactly. the industry. 100%. Um, and I think it's really important that we take care of our clients, and uh, trust is, is the key. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, it was a really interesting chat today. It was a really <laughs> it interesting was. chat. So yes. now would love to have another one. So thank you so much, guys. Again, the the overview and recap on this uh, podcast today is be careful, uh, be diligent, and be aware of your obligation, and be open to help your purchases. If you're a vendor and buyers, just just ask questions. Mm-hmm. And agents ask questions too. <laughs> <laughs> and conveyances ask questions yeah, as well. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think anyone within the um, property transaction. Questions, 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 questions. Questions, <laughs> questions. What they say is questions get answered. Exactly. Statements get 
judged. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So shall we end this conversation yes. today? Yes, we should. <laughs> okay. Because we'll just keep talking. There you go. Thank you so much, guys, for listening in. I know it's a long one today, but again, it was full of information. Thank you so much, Shania from Thank Convincing Hub. Me. And if you have any questions, you can always reach out to Shania directly on, through their website, and also we'll leave some details for them as well. Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you so much, guys. You have a lovely day ahead. God bless. Take care. Thank you. Bye.